Welcome, welcome to the House of Pace Radio. Hey, with Fennell here, senior, tried Veterans League, ready to go. WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. Wonderful, wonderful show today, folks. Unbelievable guests, I'm telling you. I'm so proud of these ladies that are here today. They do so much in our community, and we want to introduce them right now. My good friend, Verna, how hey, are you? I am so blessed and happy to be here, Mr. Haywood. Thank you so much, Lorraine. How you been? I've been well, Haywood, and thank you so much for inviting me once again on your show. Oh, yo, it's a pleasure to see you two ladies and everything, because you bring life where there's little love. You bring love where it's needed. You bring a value system that we seem to have lost. Mm. Thank you so much for being a part of our strategy to help our people realize that together we can do anything. That's right. It's better to to fight with a fist than a finger. Yes, sir. We've been busy around here, folks. And this program, again, is brought to you by Triad Veterans League. And I'm a veteran and I'll... Friends here at BNN Media are absolutely, you know, we're so grateful and everything. We got some stuff getting ready to jump off here. All right, I'm going to let you talk about that, and then we're going to ask Fanna to talk about her organization and what she's getting ready to do, you know, extending what she's already done to you as well. What's going on at Roxbury Recovery? All righty, so I'm I'm actually going to talk about... National Recovery Month. You know, my name is Lorraine Barton. I am the recovery coach at Step Rocks Recovery Support Center at 153 Blue Hill Ave in the heart of Boston, Roxbury, Massachusetts. And I'm here today to discuss Recovery Month. September is Recovery Month. We're just coming off the heels of International Overdose Awareness, and we're diving right into Recovery Month. You know, National Recovery Month represents an opportunity to recognize the strength and resilience of individuals all around us who have triumphed over their disease of addiction and mental health. Let's not forget the mental health part of addiction. The challenges that have gone on with so many and their families as well because addiction is not a independent disease. It spreads into our families, into our communities. And in the midst of that, for many, many, many years, so many of us have found recovery. And we're celebrating that this month. We, I have been in and around recovery for over 30 years, and I am so very grateful for the opportunities that I were, I was given to change my life and the doors that were open so that I could help another change theirs. Mm -hmm. I am forever grateful for those opportunities. Excuse me. (coughs) Okay, so we're going to go right over to our good friend, Vanna. She's she's doing the theater thing now, you know. That's so important to be able to use theater to educate yourself about yourself and Mm -hmm. along with that, your history which is really not a mystery, so we're going to hear from Verna, her program. God bless her. Verna, what you getting ready to do with the 
Tell us the name of your program again, please. It's Putting Stone Creatives. And we are getting geared up for our auditions for the spring season. We will start auditioning for an oratorio of The Crucifixion by James Weldon Johnson. And then the spring jazz. I got. I got to interrupt you. Sure. Because you, you just said a word that we might. We ain't used to hearing that word, oratorio. What is that? What you talking about? An oratorio is basically okay. A group of people getting up, and they speak. They talk the text, and people act around it and dance around the text, okay. and music is added, because we do it our way, mm. the African way. Okay. The oratorio brings a lot of spirit okay. to the story that James Weldon Johnson wrote from out of his God's Trombones series. Mm -hmm. God's Trombone Theory. All right, now, I like that. I like that now. Mm -hmm. Come on now. All right, baby. I hear you. Yes, sir. This is the Other Page Radio. My name is Sable Fennell. We're here at WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. So let me explain something to you two ladies, because you're both trying to save our people, and I want to thank you for that. You know, and Recovery Day can only happen when you realize that you got something to give. You know, and Gloria, I've been knowing you a long time. I want to thank you, too, for your leadership. And uh, not just Step Rocks, but in just trying to lead people, you know, to begin to think of themselves as more valuable than they may be thinking at the time. Mm -hmm. Myself being uh, in recovery and not discovery for the last 28 years, I'm real grateful to you, you know, uh, for the work that you do. Now, Vernon, uh, you know, uh, in theater, it gives a person an opportunity to, you know, really see themselves as they try to portray somebody else. Yes, sir. You know, so that's about a character development that uh, I see the both of you doing, mm -hmm. you know, because the way you, you do writing, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, there's some lot of people uh, come through your agency. I was one of them that came through there trying to set up shop with a, a theater program, Vernon, called XCon Productions. Yes. You know, so I'm I'm looking forward to your auditioning in the community, you know, and I want you to share the information because God don't, you don't make no accidents. No, sir. You and Loray were supposed to meet today. Mm-hmm. Well, know, we know so, each other. She's seen uh, me around mm -hmm. since Absolutely. I've been back. Okay, I want, I, I want to take it a little further there. And that, you know, and seeing you around, I want you to be around for each other, okay? Yes, sir. Well, I've already invited her and anyone that she would oh, like Oh, you to. did? You know, Please, you know, it's <laughs> late. She's already on it. <laughs> on that. And I would just like to piggyback off of what you said about your ex-con theater Production. company. Production. You, productions. You know that I come from in all my training mm -hmm. experience and Professional training came from the family repertory company in New York, okay. which started in the prisons of mm -hmm. New York. All right. And Marvin Felix Camille, the late Marvin Felix Camille, better known as Poncho, um, 
and Susan Batson are the ones who brought me to New York. Susan Batson, you better tell who Susan Batson Susan is. Susan Batson is a <laughs> theater. International theater. International theater, theater person mm -hmm. who has trained everyone. Who's mm -hmm. her mama? Who's her mama? Her mother was Ruth Batson. That's what that? I thought when yes, you said the name. Yes, that That's what went uh -huh. right through my mind. Miss Ruth mm -hmm. was her mother. And it was because of Susan Batson that I went to New York as their first intern from a university and not the university upstate. Because mm. you know they call the university too. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's very important, all of what we're talking about, because one, to, for someone to be able to express themselves, mm -hmm. sometimes you don't know how much that can help them. And to act something out instead of acting out. Let me just try to get this in there. We'll be right back, folks. The Oscar Micheaux Family Theater Program is a Boston nonprofit. They hope to teach the importance of community service through the art of theater. Looking to establish a year-round community-based family theater organization with full theater productions by people from the community. For more information, you can visit www oscarmichellerep.tripod.com I'm Chris Jackamick. I served in the United States Air Force and I've deployed three times. Being a veteran, it's interwoven into your DNA. It's really the absence of the connection and the purpose that can really drive a lot of veterans to some uh, negative thoughts. For those who are in a suicidal crisis, the window of time to save somebody's life is very short. Our duty is to protect ourselves and protect our families. And one way you can do that is store your weapons safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. Brought to you by N Family Fire and the Ad Council. Back again with the other page radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. This program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League. Veterans out there, 857-204-5312. That's you from me. Loray, tell me, you're getting ready to do this situation, this recovery month. Is there any day in the month that you want to talk about where the people are going to come out and, you know, do like y'all did recently? Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you would allow me, before we do that, I just want to speak on that last commercial um, talking about suicide among veterans. Um, this is also National Suicide Prevention Month. And I want to speak real quickly about I had two brothers who I watched come home from Vietnam totally different than when they left. And I remember, I remember. So, you know, folks, we need those programs. Pay attention to the commercials. Don't just run and get a cup of coffee. All righty. Okay, now. now we are going to talk about Friday, September 22nd. That's right. Two Fridays from now, September 22nd, down in Nubian Square at the Bruce Bowen Building on the sixth floor. That's right on the rooftop. We will be gathering together to celebrate. I said celebrate recovery. There is so much recovery going on all around you. You don't even know. It's your postman. It's the cashier. It is your dentist. It is your uncle, your sister, the teacher who reaches out to your children. Recovery is all around us. So we want to come together as a community to celebrate the victories, because that's what they are. They're victories that hundreds of us have accomplished in this journey called recovery. Excuse me, I have a tickle in my throat, of course, today. 
And it's also a time that we can renew our commitment, not just folks in recovery, but the community can make and renew their commitment to recovery. We don't do this alone. We don't do this in a vacuum. Everyone, the families, the store owners, the politicians, everyone must support recovery in order for it to work. And I'm about to say amen. No, I'm not in the pulpit. <laughs> we have to, this commitment to our future where every individual has an opportunity for treatment and resources and information and support. Let me just stop you for a minute. Yeah. Right, you know, um, <clears throat> we, we know each other, right? Okay, so look, um, take that paper. You're reading from a paper, and just put that aside and just tell these people that's listening to this program how you got to be a recovery coach coming from the pain to the game. You know, it don't have to be no long spill and everything because we want to get these people to understand that we're friendly now, you know, and that this program that you're involved in for this time that you've been involved, you had to go through some things to get to some things. That's for sure. Now, I want you to just let them know, you know, that, hey, man, ain't nothing slow about you. When you made that decision, when you made that decision, what happened? When I made the decision, my life changed. You know, I made the decision when, when my son was a, a young boy. Mm -hmm. And relapse is part of my story. Okay. Um but when when it took hold, and that that's why support is so important, and bias and judgment has to go out the door. Out the door. Out the door, because you don't know someone struggles. You know, you don't know what's happening with the person who is trying their best to hold on to their recovery. So you know, um, I found recovery several years ago. And what made it different the time that it caught on is that I went right into a support system. I came home from treatment, threw my bag in the door and turned around and went right to a support system, something I hadn't done before. You know, I really didn't know much about a support system out here. And over the years, so much has changed. There were no recovery centers. There were no recovery coaches. There's no recovery centers. Listen to that, everybody. None. And today in Massachusetts, let me tell you, there are 39 recovery centers across Massachusetts. <clears throat> Step Rocks was, you know, back when you were just seven. So um, I got very sick for um, a long time. Um, you remember, hey, what I was in a wheelchair. Yeah. My higher power was taking me from a wheelchair to a walker to a cane. And now I'm walking on my own volition, and I'm very grateful. I'm grateful, too. And during that time, I was isolated. You know, and left to my own devices. I was isolated and in pain. But when I came back, you know, a friend of mine was saying, you know, you need to come down to this recovery center. Had no idea what that was. And I went, and I never left. I started volunteering. I started going to meetings every day. Um, and then one day, the opportunity to be trained as a recovery coach. Now, I have a resume. You know, I'm the former director of the Carbon Square Neighborhood Center and Carbon Square Health Center. You know, I've worked as a parenting specialist for Boston Children. I have a resume. But I have been out of the game, the working game, for so long, I didn't feel ready to go back. You know, and I got comfortable on that disability check, okay? So the opportunity came forth, and I took it. 
and I am forever grateful for that opportunity. And when I got certified, I, I didn't get certified. When I passed that course, I'm sitting in the in the recovery center one day, and the director, Miss Loretta Leverett, said, "Would you like to work here?" Now this is after two and a half years of volunteering there, and and that was ten years ago. Ten well, years ago. You've been there 10 years? Haywood. Let me ask you something. Did they give you, uh, you know, like for 10 years? <laughs> and Brenda, nice. you're supposed to get a watch or something. Don't you? Something. Uh, it, has, a, it hasn't come a, yet. What about what about a medallion? You know what I mean? I mean uh, gold medallion. <laughs> not even that. that. a free day. Hey, Maybe. Yeah. Let me just say something. <laughs> let me just take you back to Verna and our program. Because yes. It's so important that we get to that stage of understanding that if you want to get on a stage, you have to learn about how to be a professional. Yes. You know, and Bernard, what's been your experience with that? I mean, you know, uh, you're coming from a long history of theater and, you know, cultural values. You just said that. Yes. You know, you was working with the prisons and stuff like that. Uh, Tell yeah. us a little bit about that and well, about your singing, too, you know. Yes. Big Red. Big Red's house. Come on. We'll start there and we'll go back. Yeah. Well, Big Red's house will be at Slade's as, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Big Red's house, which is my band, will be at Slade's as a guest at Frank Wilkins' Um, what is it? The vocal yeah, the, uh, showcase. No, okay. What'd you call it? Start with a K. Yeah. Karaoke night? Yeah. No, it's not a karaoke night. It's the yeah. vocal vocal showcase. When is it a Tuesday night? It's next it's the twenty sixth of September. Okay, the twenty sixth. That's a Wednesday. And it's Isn't Tuesday. It? No. no, that's a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And but it was originally karaoke, so now they oh, call it something else. Oh, now they call it something else, okay. right? And uh, myself and three of my band members will okay. be there, and we'll do a couple of tunes. Okay. And you can come out, original tunes, oh. and you can come out and doing check us out. Doing original music? You're doing original music? Yes. Doing... Sound like you need a manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, everybody needs somebody to manage them. <laughs> so that's happening on the 26th. Everybody come out and support Big Red's house. Yeah. Thank you. Now, as far as what Verna has done, Verna goes way back, and I've worked in film, TV, radio on both sides. I've worked as a writer, director on TV, film. I wrote for several comedians at one point, and I write for myself, and I write poetry, and I Wrote a book. Oh, and stop, I stop, stop, right there. <laughs> stop right there. Stop right there. Folks, this is really an amazing lady. I'm not going to let her go any further without her taking up her book that I asked her to bring and do one of her poems. Just do All one. All right. All right. right. Come on yeah. now. Since yeah. he had me bring it, I might as well use it. Yeah. And this is, I think, very apropos for today. Okay. Literally today. It's called The Weather Report. The Weather Report. Okay, let's okay. go. Whether the weather be fine or whether the weather be not, we'll weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. Whether it's hurricanes, torrential rains, hail, tornadoes, or droughts, 
tsunami waves, the earth that quakes, volcanoes where hot lava spews out. Global warming, global warming, is it true? I tell you, what shall we do? A cool spring, a summery fall, and during the winter the temps hardly fall. Oil slicks on the sea, big business and speculators killing the trees, and there has also been a great shortage of bees. What is the cause? What is the cause? Mother Nature is going through forced menopause. Mm -hmm. ah! Global warming, global warming, is it true? I tell you, what will we do? From nuclear war to the man next door, I'll tell you what I'm screaming for. Give a refrain about acid rain, we may never see a live lake again. Global warming, global warming, is it true? I tell you, what will we do? Give a shout, ozone fallout, try explaining to the children what that's all about. Burn the chemicals, create a wasteland. The fate of the universe is in technology's land. Give a scream about you and me, about a constitution that says all are free. Well, where is the equality? Where is our reality? Having to be what we are not, fighting for jobs someone else hasn't got. Thanks, America. Thanks a lot for an economy, for an econ Oh me. I'm sure it could be the death of you and me. Whether the weather be fine or whether the weather be not, we'll weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. We've all worked here on this land, in this land, bucket on floor, mop in hand, bowing and scraping and saying, yes, sir, saying, yes, ma'am. Teachers, sweatshops, technos, medicos, laymen waiting at the bus stops, hold on to your wallets tight and watch out for the next tax ripoff. Did a little piecework in one hour. I made fifteen ninety nine. World Trade Organization hired a country, and now they cut my time. Whether the weather be fine or whether the weather be not, we'll weather the weather, whatever the weather. We'll weather the weather, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Huh. Whether we like it or not. Huh. Whether we, we like, like it, it or not. Wait a minute. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That was my good friend, Verna Hampton, doing Weather the Weather or Weather the Weather. But right now, we want to just tell you a little bit about an upcoming event that we're going to be staging on October the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th at the Strand Theater located at 543 Columbia Road. Dorchester, Mass, folks, 02125. The Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program will bring to you an a revised production of the Miss Marion Anderson and Friends Project, written by yours truly and directed by Sister Monica Anderson Spencer. And it is a story of a woman, a black woman out of Philadelphia, who... Uh, had that spirit in her, and she became a classical singer 
traveling all over the world and at the same time looking at the world and the world that she came from, which was in Philadelphia, the home place of Richard Allen, the founder of the AME Church, also the place where the Philadelphia International Sound came out of later on, Gamble and Kenny Hoff, Leon Gamble and Kenny Hoff, you know, uh, Wake Up Everybody, Love Train, so many other hits coming out of Philadelphia. But Marion Anderson had a plan to sing before an integrated audience after the Daughters of the American Revolution told her she couldn't sing at Constitution Hall because it was segregated. It's in the contract. She said, oh, I got a new note for you. Mm -hmm. I got a new order, you know, new order. And they put together with uh, Haya Jackson and Mary McLeod Mathune and some more folks, and they put the plan together and went on out there in 1939 on the Easter Sunday. Sang before she sang before 75,000 people integrated in 1939 that further sparked the civil rights movement. Yes. So that's not a black history, that's American history. Mm-hmm. And a part of this uh, production is stages, cultural arts center, some of the most fantastic dances that you've ever seen. They'll be doing liturgical dance for you all. And on October the 14th, it's a matinee performance. By the way, the one on October the 13th, opening night at 7 p.m., 14th, 14th and the 15th of matinees, but on the 14th, we're going to have the first Marion Anderson Women in Leadership Award. This speaks to our women, our women who have always been leaders in the black, you know, realm, all the way from our homeland. You know, women were leaders, warriors, like they are today, and we want to recognize these women. First is Sarah Ann Shaw. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Andrea Swain. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Queen Gloria Johnson. Yes. And then we're going to go to uh, Mrs. Wilma Brown, Brother Ralph, yes, the Nation of Islam's yes. mother. Yes, yes, yes. And two other ladies that are no longer with us. Makia Baker Gomez and uh, Miss Elizabeth Williams, Beth Williams, businesswoman, entrepreneur, one who involves herself in some veterans' activities. And this is going to be on the 14th of October at 4 p.m. Other information, uh, 857-204-5312. You know, we want to acknowledge our women, you know, for what they've done, what they did, what these women are doing here today on my show. We're talking about Recovery Month. Did you say month, Lorraine? Month, all month long. There are events citywide. 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 And it will be cumulating in an event on City Hall Plaza 
the last Saturday, the last Friday of the month, Moore um, will present um, a wonderful presentation down on the plaza. They do it every year. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's when um, everyone from across the state will show up in Boston that mm-hmm. to support this wonderful idea, this wonderful movement mm-hmm. of yeah. Recovery Month. I can't say enough about uh, Miss Miss Loretta, Mm -hmm. you know, and her tenacity. (laughs) To say the least. And you there with her. uh, Now you moved over there. What's that address where y'all at now? 153 Blue Hill Avenue, Roxbury. What kind of activities you got going on over there we need to know about? Oh, we have all type of activities. Um, I facilitate a women's group. The women's group been going on for seven or eight years on a Friday. At 2.30, we have Smart Recovery. Smart Recovery? Smart Uh-oh. Recovery. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Did you hear what she said? Did you hear I'm listening. Yes, we have Smart, smart Recovery. Absolutely. We have motivational mornings where um, Brother talks about the um, different um, statements, um, motivational statements out of a book from a brother um, that is uh, online, and they discuss whatever you know the saying is of the day, the affirmation, basically. And so we we do. I I do all pathways, which means it doesn't matter what your pathway, whether it's twelve step, smart recovery, faith based, exercise, um, medicated assistant treatment. Doesn't matter what it is. You can come there for support and talk about your recovery because recovery comes in all shapes and sizes today. It's not a one thing fits all anymore. Recovery is widespread. It is cultural. It is dynamic. It is different, and it works. Good, good. Speaking of work, folks, this is not, this is probably one of my best shows right here. I'm really enjoying listening to these ladies, you know, because that's what we need to hear. We need to hear from women that are involved, not absorbed in trying to emulate a system that says we devalue ourselves by calling them out their names. And I don't want to go to some of the names that they call our women. Mm-hmm. But these are our queens, you know, so let's, let's, let's get it right. <laughs> I got some people here that believe in themselves, and so saying, they've been out in the community for some years now. Yes. You know, they ain't taking, they giving back. They may not have never taken. They may have been taken. <laughs> the thing is yeah. that we do change, and these women are empowered, and you can become empowered too. We got Recovery Month. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but right now, I want to go back to Verna. I want her to tell me why she wrote Weather the Weather. I wrote that actually, I believe I'm in a, for the Whitney Museum, it was a installation. 
You said Whitney Museum like in New we, York. Like we know where that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you hear that song right here? I heard it. Whitney, I just happened to know. The, I wrote that for the Whitney Museum. That's, a, that's on Blue Hill Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. Why not? It well, could you got to tell them, baby. Well, actually, I was working on a project <laughs> with uh, Robbie McCauley. Yeah, I know Robbie. And God bless her. You know, I'm. that's one of my woman tours and my sister homegirl yeah, family yeah, friend. Yeah, but she's talking about the Whitney Museum downtown. Yes. I think it's around 54th Street or 53rd Street between 5th and 6th Avenue. Yeah, 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 okay. She knows so where it is. Yeah, it's I mean, you know, York. but I'm a New Yorker, but I see, know. the way <laughs> might have traveled there, but, you know, I'll listen to the audience. I want our listen to audience to know okay. where you started at. Yes. The Whitney Museum in New York, it okay. was an ex, it was uh, um, an installation, <laughs> and they wanted us to write. Installation of what, baby? An installation called, uh, I can't <laughs> Uh, it had something to do with washing machines. It was really great. Okay. And it, it you could go and see it, and it was also a film. So they shot it, and they had the installation. At installation. An installation is like, you. it's at the museum, uh-huh. and it's usually movement, and it will be multi, like it'll be, it was art plus Visual mm-hmm. art plus a movie all going at once, and it a lot of it took place in a washing machine. Wow, it was very heavy, it was very mm-hmm. heavy. And I wrote that for that, mm. and we used it in one aspect, and we didn't use it for something else, so I just kept doing it. And then I remember adding on to it. Okay. So like the whole thing of screaming and the menopause mm-hmm. and all that, I added that into it because Mother Nature started screaming. So that's how I wrote that. It was actually an assignment, so to speak. And um, that's terrible. I cannot think of the woman's name who was the head of the whole installation. You don't have to have a name. Okay, good. Uh, but that's how I started that. But okay. could I go back to the auditions? Could you do what? Go back talking about the auditions very quickly. <laughs> no, no. Do let me go, let me just, just let me just drive this car. Okay, drive that car, Daddy. All I'm right, sorry. Because, you know, we, we can talk about that. But I want people to know that writing poetry about life it can happen anytime, anywhere. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, it can happen anytime because, like I said, Lorraine's a writer, mm-hmm. you know, and so she's got some stuff. Maybe she won't be able to do it today, but when she comes back, because we're going to invite her back, invite you back too, Vernon, you yes, know. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, we want to, like, liven people up and get those creative juices going. Yes, sir. You know, a lot of times people write things and uh, they get inspired when somebody hears them what they wrote. Mm-hmm. I did a thing this morning about... Uh, a, a scheme is not a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to believe in order to achieve. Mm-hmm. And so That's I said, have a good day. And I wrote that. And I sent it out. I got people saying, back, say, oh, wow, you don't have to write a whole lot of things. That's right. You know, to touch somebody. Exactly. You know, so this is the other page radio program today. My name is Hayward Finnell. This program is brought to you by um, Tri-Veterans Day. We're going to take a little break right now. We'll be right back.
Are you a veteran who is struggling with their housing due to COVID-19? Veterans, Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing to eligible, struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. You know, folks, sometimes we forget we're on the radio. Uh, and uh, that's understandable because you don't come here without, you know, still feeling liberated. I'm going to have this little music in a little right now. Harlem, 1981, Palms Cafe down the street from the Apollo Theater. It's Wednesday night. They got a new show coming in, the Apollo, or that's Thursday night. Wednesday night is the talent night. Mm -hmm. That's when you can get up on the stage and people can boo you off. (laughs) <laughs> that's, the, that's 125th Street yeah. Down the street is the Braddock Hotel 126th Street and 8th Avenue Around the corner is the Braddock Bar And outside the Braddock Bar Is all the black actors Like Pigmeat Markham And Mantan Molan And Lee Morgan all of them out there mixed up and everything, and you seeing them on screen and stuff. You're all excited, but you don't know what to say. On Saturdays, 125th Street and 7th Avenue, in the afternoon, you got a guy by the name of Louse with a fruit truck. Got all the fruit all nice and stacked up in the truck. And on one of them soapboxes is a guy by the name of Malcolm X. And in the crowd of people like Roy Wilkinson, mm. and you got all the leaders that's just standing there. Percy Sutton, who later owned Inner City Broadcasting, and he also owned the Apollo. He was a politician that had a vision to be a businessman. He made communications his business. You know, he owned Apollo, then he went big with it, you know. And so those are just some of the things that come through your mind with Jackie Robinson. During the weekday, coming from the east side after getting off the train, they brought him to Harlem for from his home in Connecticut. He was the president of the First Freedom National Bank, and people waving at him with his white hair, walking across the 125th Street with his big camel coat on. You know, people <laughs> calling him, Jackie, hey, Miss Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson. And that's how it was back then, you know, uh, with Robert Hooks. And them sometimes standing there from the Lafayette Theater. Bernard, you know about them people. Yes, I do. Tell us a little bit about them. Well, the the Lafayette Theater was up on 135th, I think. Yeah, 7th Avenue. In 7th Avenue, and that's where the original Tree of Life stood, that when people go into the Apollo and rub that 
Yeah, yeah, Trump, yeah. The tree was right very close there, and that is where the first black uh, group of Shakespearean actors in New York that I know about mm -hmm. were there, and everybody came there to work mm. and to really get their craft together. And it was just a wonderful, creative time. And it still is. But there were so many people within that area working. Live music, writers, dancers, actors, people that you might have seen at the um, Cotton Club were also what they call uh, actors. Mm. They were professionals that worked hard and black people weren't accepted everywhere but they were accepted at the Lafayette and then it became the new Lafayette. You get you, you just said a key word, I'm gonna go over here to Lorraine. You know Lorraine Bernard just said a key word that I found that makes people grow when they come to a step rock acceptance. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, all of us know someone who has been affected by substance use, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you two were talking about an era that substance use grew as well. Our black craft grew and, and flourished and took over wide array of communities and families. And we must be admit that substance use did as well. Mm -hmm. And we know that discrimination, bias, and stereotypical beliefs all played a role in how we felt about ourselves yes, and yes. how so many of us weren't able to find recovery because of the self-esteem and the way we were treated and the words like dope fiend and maggot, those things that we were called and we didn't understand any better. So we accepted that stuff. But when you come into places like Step Rocks, when you go into support meetings, you, you learn that you are a human being first mm -hmm. and you learn to accept that. And for many of us, it was a difficult thing to do. Many of us come from, you know, what they call dysfunctional families. And many of us come from places where there was nothing that even looked like a family. And some of us come from middle-class families with two parents, okay? Let's not get that twisted, right? Where you went to camp in the summertime and you played down the Cape. I agree. that's right. There was a lot of us. So, you know, it is a wide, varied description of what an addict is. But when you walk in the doors of a recovery center, you are equal. Ain't nobody bigger or badder. Ain't nobody different or higher. We are all recovering persons. And we are there to support one another, help one another, seeking help. And just, you know, you, a while ago you asked me what, what we do there. We have a book club there. We've had a book club for several years. You know, we do... Watch yourself, though. You, you know, uh, give me a tell on yourself. Because my book ain't been up in there now. You got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't called me for my book now. Well, listen, now. you ain't far away. We just did uh, a, a, a Garrick Thames. Garrick Thames? We just read his book. So, you know, listen, mm -hmm. that can be presented on the next round. I I began the book club, and it is a very democratic process. You yes. know, if you want to be involved in it, you bring the books that you want to read, and then we vote on them. So I'm not in charge of it. 
I facilitate it. Um, but come on now, we can do that as well. well you know, I, just I say no to nothing. <laughs> we're, just, we're just so grateful to know that there is a book club because, you know, I'm the type of guy, I don't have no problem telling people about who I am because I went from st- uh, stealing books to writing books. Come on now. Come on. You know, I was down there in, uh, in uh, what's that bookstore, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble, tearing you know, them I up. Thought, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was the owner of the Barnes and Noble. <laughs> come on, come and then, on. And then after God blessed me to be on the road to recovery, and and I asked I asked God 28 years ago to let me get clean, stay clean, and to write. And so here I am up in Barnes and Nobles signing my book, and I started smiling. And the staff guy asked me, what was I smiling at? I said, oh, you know, just I was had a thought you would you wouldn't know anything about this. But when I was smiling, I was thinking about how I would walk out the door getting around those uh, detectors, Come on. you know, uh, with the books. You know, and now I'm up in here, y'all signing them up. Y'all, you know, y'all got my books in here now. See, there's no impossibility. That's right. That's right. You know, that's why I said earlier to you guys what I wrote this morning, because remember what I said, I asked God to help me get clean and to write. And what you're talking about is five books, 11 plays, four of them producing one, getting ready to go up October the 13th, 14th, and 15th. At the Strand, you know, but let me just say this to my listening audience and my guests, right, is that you cannot get to a good place by yourself. That's exactly. Somebody made arrangements to impact our thinking, Mm. and we were able to absorb some of it, maybe not all of it, and eventually we were able to start thinking different and go from the path of pain to the path of gain Come on. and stay on that path. You've been over there at Step Rock for over 10 years, not counting the volunteer time. Mm-hmm. And, Lorraine, you know, let me just say this, and, brother, you can agree with me, that sometimes when you do what you like, you can do it well. Come on so, now. That's that people right. could see that you were no joke, mm-hmm. you know, and so... Don't feed you no peanuts because you ain't no monkey <laughs> and this ain't no circus. You're That's trying right. to save lives. Every day. And you have saved lives. Yes, ma'am. You know, everybody in life has deja vu moments. Yes. And we're trying to at least set this up, you know, this conversation because that's what it is, you know, so that our listening audience can talk about what they heard today on the other page radio Brought to you by Triad Veterans League and BNN Media. They're so wonderful here to me with this program, you know. And you guys have come in today to talk about your life and how you use your life to impact other people's lives. Yes. Everything is not success if you're not blessed. (laughs) You stand as a testament. So what can be achieved when you ask God? You know, the way you talked about your immobility some time ago and how you gradually got back 
to walking on your own. Mm -hmm. Now you're getting ready to tell us about the dance career, get ready to come back. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be working with Alvin Allen coming up next month. And so, and so yeah, we'll be in the spirit world. <laughs> you know, I can't begin to express my deep appreciation to Verno and what she does in our community. And that's because you care about the community. Yes, sir. You know, you don't got to get up on the stand and make a lot of noise to do the work. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's and you about don't always have... Exactly. Just say that again. It's about, about the, the work. work. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been my cradle for years. Mm -hmm. Years and years. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I was telling somebody, I may have told you guys, but when you see me, Standing, walking, you don't see anybody with me. <laughs> don't think that I'm alone. Ooh. Hello, come on now. Because <laughs> when I show up, I got the wind of my friends of encouragement behind me. Yes, sir. And I'm always confident because I pray to stay. Oh, glory, you know, glory, glory. Like, I know who's blessing me, and I'm not... Blessing myself. Yes, sir. Well. You know, this conversation that we're having today is on radio, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to be replayed. Over and over. And somebody is going to hear us. So what I want you to do, Ray, is to give us the contact phone number for your organization. And, Verna, if you got a number, you can follow her. Because we need to let people know where they can find us. Alrighty. Um, you can reach Step Rocks Recovery Support Center, 153 Blue Hill Avenue in Roxbury at 617-442-7837. And I'm going to add to that my phone number. Because I've always been available and I stay available. If you need to talk, if you want some information, if you just need somebody to hear you, I am at 617-849-1250. Verna? Yes, you can reach Verna Hampton at Pudding Stone Creatives. And the number is 347 9613972 and our creative space is both at Vine Street Community Center in 94 Warren and at the Resurrection Lutheran Church on 94 Warren Street and that is where our auditions will be get the audition dates at that number and I will be more than happy to give them to you on Tuesday through Thursday between 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. Verna, let me just say something because I think that number for Vine Street is 339. Yes, Dudley Street, right? Yeah, Vine Street Community Center is mm -hmm. 339 Dudley Street. Yeah, yeah, we want to make sure. And the Resurrection Lutheran it's on, Church it's on Warren Street, is that yeah. 94 Warren Street. Okay, I want to make sure that they got that. Yes, sir. You know, the right address and stuff like that. But, folks, again, let me just say, this is the other page radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. I'm a veteran, so let me just say something, because we we winding down now, you know, and uh, I think you got to really understand what a veteran is 
and what a veteran is not. First of all, a veteran raised his hand, or she raised her hand, and she took an oath. And she said that she would follow orders and do whatever they told her to do, wherever they sent her or him. Lorraine came up and talked about her two brothers, who were young men, all bright-eyed and everything, and went in the military, trained, and went someplace and did some things that they can't even talk about, you know. And the bright eye became dull eyes like a fish on ice in a fish market. Absolutely. They could not talk about their situation mm -hmm. because it was so horrible, you know. And we got to understand that PTSD is alive and well. Yes, mm -hmm. sir. You know, and if you don't get treatment and you get put in a room, that can become a tomb. So we got to be real appreciative of Lorraine and the work that she does in recovery. Yes. And saving lives, making an effort where people can begin to realize that they do mean something, that they don't have to try to self-medicate, that suicide is not an option. We got to keep working, folks. If we don't do no work, we're going to get worked. Mm -hmm. Hey, well, let, let me say this. My first glimpse at addiction was my brother on return mm -hmm. from Vietnam. I didn't understand it, but I grew to understand it. I was 12 years old, and my brother died in the muddy river at Fenway. Mm. Him and my cousin robbing Star Market over there. And Boston police killed him while he was trying to support his disease of addiction. Yeah, that's something to share that boy. After serving the country. After serving as a Marine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Brother, you know, I can't say enough about you and your, your good friend, Robin, the lady from Emerson College. What was her name again? Robbie McCauley. Yeah, yeah, she was a nice lady, man. Yes, and she was my woman tour. Yeah. I knew her, she knew me from New York, from the yeah. Family Repertory Company. Okay. And because of her and other people like Susan and Poncho and so many other people that mm -hmm. came together to make us be able to go out there and what I like to call... We say community theater. I call it guerrilla theater because <laughs> it's real. Yes. When I say guerrilla, I mean you got to put it out there on the table sometimes, off the table. It's like talking about the issues that affect and affect us as mm -hmm. a community. Yes. And I was listening to my sister talk about her big brother, and I remember friends coming back from Vietnam with that glare, with that eye, mm. with those eyes that were glazed over. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know what it was. Right. All we knew is we fought for it to stop. Yeah. Mm. And those people who were affected by it, who, young men, kids. Women they, too. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry, young men and women. At the time, I have to say young men, because that's who I saw coming back. Uh, and they came back and they did get 
hooked because they were hooked over there. That's right. Because they needed something to get through those atrocities, as you said, Haywood, so eloquently. Things that they can't and wouldn't talk about. Right. And again, I'd like to go back to Lorraine talking about the taking of one's life. And I've had that experience in my family, the taking of young lives, artist life at that. Yes. Because there was nobody there. Or they thought there was no one there. Well, you know, I just want to get ready to wrap it up now. I said that about three times. And we <laughs> well, let me say this real quick before you do. If you ride down Blue Hill Avenue, if you ride up Blue Hill Avenue from Grove Hall to Dudley, you will see purple ribbons on both sides of the street. And they are a, a, a commemorance to those who committed suicide. Also, let's leave this on a brighter note. Come and dance and dine and socialize with Step Rocks Recovery Support Center on the sixth floor of the Bruce Bolin Building on Friday, September 22nd, 4 to 7 p.m. All right. Come on and celebrate recovery. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. And no, then no, after no. you do that, Slade's on the 26th yes. to see Big Red's house acting up. All okay, right. So let, me just, let me just close out, folks, and say to you all, it's been great. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh, folks, on the 27th of uh, September at the Boston City Council's meeting, the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program will be there to do something from the play for the Boston City Council, and that will be on Comcast. So you'll be able to see us do what we do and what we're going to do for you with stages on the stage of the Strand Theater on October 13th, 14th, and 15th. And please don't forget the matinee special performance of the the Marian Anderson Women in Leadership Tribute Award. You know, Queen Gloria Johnson is going to be one of the recipients. Sarah Ann Shaw, Wilma, Wilma Brown, Andrea Swain, and posthumous awards for Mokia Baker Gomez and Elizabeth Williams. It's been a great day, everybody. Thank you so very much. God bless you all. Thank you. And thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having us. Blessing.